signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is West Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vane, the boogie woogie man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Wednesday here on the program. Hope you're doing okay wherever you might be. Baker Team Hotline's open at 639-4900. Text line at 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio. Keon Brown joins us at 635. We'll talk some college hoops. going to completely ignore whatever that disaster was that was the NBA All-Star Weekend because sure as hell wasn't basketball. Bill Roth and David Teal in our Hall of Fame third hour as well. And we would uh, like to hear from you. Weather is uh, awesome. Mid-60s today, maybe 70 and records tomorrow. And if you're somebody who's complaining about it being 60 and 70 in February, you really need to check whether or not your life's in order. I actually had people yesterday saying, oh, it shouldn't be this warm in February. Why? (laughs) Of course it should. Enjoy. Embrace. So 65 or plus today, maybe record-setting Thursday. My goodness gracious. Um, Little things, little wins in today's world, right? Get you victories. Day by day we live, and 
things come at you that you didn't foresee and you have to try to dodge and weave and survive and that's really all we're trying to do is survive on a daily basis and some days just little little things like the sun being out and temperatures being in the 60s in february can kind of put you on the right path to hopefully a, a better day that's all i'm saying if you're of the ilk that you are in a better state of mind to be dealing with heavy snow and ice and wind and power being out having to shovel and people being trapped somewhere or wrecked on the highway, then, well, that's you. That's you. Uh, we have some local co- uh, high school basketball. Congratulations, Pulaski County girls last night in Region 4D, knocked off Jefferson Forest, 69-44. A great game. Radford beat Allegheny last night in double overtime. I believe that was 59-58, 58-57, something like that. So congratulations to the uh, Bobcats. And Auburn routed Covington 75-45, so they'll play Thursday up in Dublin at Pulaski County High School. So congratulations to the uh, Cougars girls, the Bobcats boys, and the Rick Cormany and the Auburn Eagles boys. If I left anybody out, let me know. Trying to obtain as much information I can with high school regional basketball. I could go to the VHSL website, but I could also take a belt sander place it on my scrotum, and I would have more success there than I would actually go to the VHSL website and find any useful information about, you know, the sports in which it's supposed to govern. Oh, my Lord. Unbelievable how bad that site is. I'm telling you, if anybody out there is of the computer mind, you know, I've got the contacts. We can, We could create a money-winning website of just nightly high school regional results. Okay, here's another one. Thank you very much. Eastmont last night, girls, beat the Auburn girls. Big rivalry game. Thanks, Wilbur. So Eastmont, the Mustangs move on. I appreciate that. Someone's saying I can borrow their sander. <laughs> But I'm telling you, if anybody's of like the website building mode, if we could figure out a way to post as they happen, like in that evening or very early in the morning, the next morning, regional high school scores. And if you could, boy, if you could add like box scores or maybe you don't have to have a little write up, just have the, have the result, have what it means, where you're playing next. Update records, and whether you're talking about high school basketball at all levels, boys and girls, whether you're talking about softball during the spring, volleyball in the fall, baseball, whatever it is, soccer, and be able to have as much updated just scores. This is what's going on. Let's put it out there. You could make, you could make bank. We could do. We could, we could make bank. We really, really could. That's all I'm saying. Because you can't find that stuff anywhere. It, the local papers don't have it until two days after the fact anymore. All right? So, in other words, you're going to get maybe one game. Like, for instance, I saw the Pulaski County girls game, which I'm glad is highlighted in the Roanoke paper, but all the rest, you don't get anything until 
maybe the next day, or maybe it shows up online a little later today. I don't know. But what we should do, what I need to start doing is like assigning, asking people if you're at the game to call the next morning and let us know how the game went, things like that. That's what I need to do because it's just a lot of good teams around here. And I want our young people to have the opportunity to have their results heard so people can know where to follow them and go and and do all these things because it's important. We have so many great programs around here, and we really do at all levels. Floyd won Regency semifinals. You can have Radford against Gretna, Floyd against James River. Thank you very much, legal counsel. So congratulations to the Buffs. But I hope people around here appreciate, I mean, we have, like I said, we have, I mean, you have Rick Cormie, the, what, second all-time winningest coach, state history, basketball. And we have really good athletes here that I don't think get enough credit. I don't think our kids here in the NRV, in Roanoke Valleys, Roanoke Valley probably gets a little bit more because there's more coverage opportunities down there. But I know here in the NRV, we have some really dedicated and good kids. You know, you hear a lot of negativity about kids, but we have some really, really good kids that do it the right way, that work hard, and they go out and, and they ball, man. And we have... A lot of opportunities, I think. I think it's kind of, especially specifically in basketball, and you guys and gals can correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it feel like now here in local basketball, whether you're talking about the NRV or uh, the Roanoke Valley, it feels like we have a better shot at perennial state championship representation than we do in football now. That seems to be the way it's evolved. We haven't had it in football the last couple of years. I mean, even Salem struggled once you got to a certain juncture of the postseason. So kudos to all the basketball teams, boys and girls, and all the coaches, and very happy for all the local teams that have advanced, and I hope you continue to advance and take this thing as far as you can because these are the times of your life you'll never forget. You'll be sitting around one day when you're in your mid-20s. You may be married. Who knows? You may have a kid or two. And you're going to talk about that night you traveled to whatever school, played in whatever quarter, semifinal, or state championship, and you're going to remember it for the rest of your days. And it's a special, special thing that joins the communities. And as much as we get down about pro sports and the money and college sports and the money you know, we still, even though there's a lot of things around high school sports that are not good, and it's not, it has nothing to do with the kids. It has to do with the people around them. It's still the purest, I think, form of following these sports, the joy and the, the unity that it brings, and everybody can pull together. Even if you have families that may not even get along, you know, once your kids are out there playing together or you're representing your school colors and it's a great thing. So, And I know one thing, these gyms are packed. It had to be a raucous atmosphere last night over here at uh, Bobcat's gym. As they struggled, but they beat Allegheny in double overtime. And, I, you know, sometimes in these games, you just all you're trying to do is, is move on. You're just trying – I know it's cliched, but the survive in advance means a whole lot. And sometimes when you're pushed and you have to win a game like that, 
it serves you well moving forward. It's not a death knoll because you had a tough game and you had to advance. If anything, I think deep down coaches probably go, you know what, that was, that was the thing that pushed us to get us back in the right mind or get us back in this and that. And maybe that'll be the case for Rick Cormany's team. And then some teams are just completely dominant. I mean, Auburn has just been dominant in its region. I mean, you win a game by 30 points in the uh, regional playoffs. That's impressive. Pulaski County girls right now, dominant. I mean, you beat Jefferson Forest by 25 last night. So good luck to all the teams. I hope that they continue to do well. And I hope the teams down in Roanoke, um, the ones that are in different regions, I hope they do well. I think it's good for all of us here. Um, to see that kind of success, and it rewards all the hard work that these young people are putting into these programs as they try to, again, in many cases, because I talk to a lot of kids, uh, repair their lives from the whole COVID nonsense and everything being shut down. Um, uh, It's good to see that they've persevered and moved on, and these coaches that have the best interest of these kids at heart Uh, I hear great stories about the people that are leading these programs. So good stuff. But I'm telling you, hey, we want to get two or three folks, create that website, all VHSL, all the time. I don't know what we would call it. It doesn't have to have a big dog moniker. We just call it whatever, community sports, whatever. And I guarantee it would be a huge hit. People would go there. We'd have endless traffic. And then in the offseason, you could do interviews with coaches and so forth or maybe some student athletes. I don't know. Just something. Because God knows you're not finding any of that or anything helpful whatsoever on the VHSL website other than, hey, this is how much it's going to cost to attend this playoff game. Or here's your bracket, but we're not going to fill it in as it goes along. I think a group of hamsters runs the Virginia High School League website. I believe that's where we are on that thing. All right. Anyway, congratulations to those teams. That's our high school update. And, again, if I left anybody out, congratulations, Pulaski County and Eastmont girls, Radford, Auburn, and Floyd boys. And if there's any omissions, my apologies. Tech had a big game last night. It didn't go so well. We'll talk about that. And what it meant for Miami as well to come to Blacksburg and win a place where Virginia, Duke, and North Carolina could not. They're the best team in the ACC, folks. Stay with us. More coming up. we got Mike Young sound as well a little bit later on. Take the big dog for a walk. Oh, just the people I'd want walking around all licked up. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. Uh, 25 minutes past the hour. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Getting a lot of uh, text messages, people um, liking the idea of our own high school scoreboard page or something. I'm telling you, man, it would work. It would be huge. And I guarantee you we could get lots of contributors throughout. 
All right, the other thing that I'm going to get out of the way right now, because obviously I've been asked about it a lot um, through a lot of you on the text line, um, first and foremost, um, we, we had some bad news hit Radford University's athletic department uh, involving the uh, Radford University uh, athletics program and the uh, basketball program in particular. And I'm going to just read you the statements. And this is, I hope everyone can respect where I'm at right now as a Radford University employee. Um, there'll be a time where things will be addressed and there'll be a time where we will hear from folks, and there'll be a time to where things can settle down and be put into context, but right now is not that time. Um, this situation regarding our head men's basketball coach, Darius Nichols, is a Radford University personnel matter, and I really can't go into any kind of in-depth conversations with anybody about it. Um, that's from a legal advisement tip. From the university, here's the official statement. Radford University is evaluating the situation regarding our head men's basketball coach. Shane Nichols will serve as the acting head coach. That'll start tonight when we go to High Point a little bit later. This is a personal matter, and the athletics department says we have no further comment at this time. And I hope everybody understands that that's where I am at as well. Yes, I am the host of this radio show. But I am a full-time employee of the Radford University Athletics Department, and I have to take my advisement from all of the folks down there that are letting us know how to handle this. So if you have an opinion, you can express it. That is certainly something that I cannot say, hey, don't send me any questioning many of you have or don't have an opinion. That's not what I'm about. But from my standpoint, I hope everybody understands, at least for now, uh, I need some leeway here. This is not something that I can talk about. Um, not only because it's a personal thing for me, clearly, and it affects me deeply and everyone involved with the athletic department, but it's also you have to do things from how the state guidelines, all of the legal ramifications and things like that, okay? So, again, I do appreciate all of the inquiries, thank you so much for that. There have been a lot of people that have sent um, a lot of, hey, we're thinking about you, understand this is tough for you guys. I appreciate those as well. And the people who are asking questions, um, you're just going to have to be patient. And, again, uh, that's really all that I'm going to talk about it, and that's all I can say about it right now. So, again, I just ask for your understanding. I'm not ducking anything. I'm just telling you from a, um, a legal standpoint, that's the statement that I have on that situation. All right. That being said, Radford will travel to High Point tonight. We'll have it for you on the radio network. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock will be the tip-off. We have Keon Brown coming up here um, after the news. We're going to get some college basketball updates. We're going to talk to him a little bit about Virginia Tech. We're going to have Mike Young's presser. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, they blew their last shot at the tournament. No, they, they were already not going to be able to make the tournament through the regular season. But last night kind of re emphasized uh, one more time how important the ACC tournament's going to be for them coming up. Um, coming up in the third hour, it'll be Bill Roth, the Roth Report, and David Teal as well. And he'll talk about that. And I really believe that Miami last night winning in Blacksburg, which is something that Pitt – Virginia, 
North Carolina, Duke could not do. For me, finally gets me off the, are they the best team in the ACC to, yeah, Miami's the best team in the ACC. Keon Brown joins us next. We'll talk some hoops. Stay with us. More coming up here on this Wednesday. Some candy right by now, that'd be great. The candy man. Motor along here on this uh, Wednesday. Coming up in the third hour, it's going to be Bill Roth and David Teal, Hall of Fame third hour. Joining us now on the program, one of my all time favorite human beings. Currently, he's the analyst for the Longwood Lancers on ESPN. Our basketball correspondent, former Radford University Highlander, Keon Brown. KB, good morning, my brother. How are you? Rick Watson, I am doing great. It was great to see you Saturday. And I am one of those people who is trying to get his life together because I don't want this hot weather. I think <laughs> I speak for all educators when I say a year without any snow is a year wasted. We have not had a drop of snow, no snow days at all, and I can't wrap my mind around it. Of all the things you and I agree on, which is about 98% of the things in life, we're going to disagree on February weather, aren't we? (laughs) We are going to disagree, but I think I am an exception because I am an educator. And I think, like I said, I speak for all of us. I'm not sure of how it was in the New River Valley, but here uh, near the nation's capital, no snow. There's been nothing. Well, I got to tell you this, by the way, before we get this out of the way, seeing you on Saturday, and you always look great, right? But you're like a walking granite wall. I mean, you look like you should, you look like you've been working out with the Rock five days a week. I mean, you just look. I mean, my goodness, folks. I saw Keon. I'm like, my lord. He had his suit on. By the way, he had on his Longwood blue suit. By the way, <clears throat> I did. I did have on my Longwood blue. I didn't think about it. I should have worn my red tie so it could be as neutral as possible. As far as working out, my fiance is a uh, she's a, a a competitor, a show competitor. So she has the body of just like you've never seen before, and she's like my trainer. So she does everything: get my meals right, get my workouts right. This is why I have a twelve pack is because of her, and my body looks good because I have one of the best trainers in the world. Not only. Coach Bennett from Rafford, I still have some of his workouts with my fiance is a beast as well. Well, she is uh she's beautiful. And I just wanted to tell you, man, congratulations, because you look great. You look great. And uh I appreciate right. it, brother. All right, well, let's get into the Big South a little bit, because we watched Longwood beat Radford. And I don't know, Keon, am I crazy? I know I know Asheville's won the regular season, but I watched Longwood play, and I know they kind of had a little hiccup there for a couple of weeks after that Radford game down at Deadman, but I still feel like 
they're the they're the path to the championship. Am I out of my mind thinking that? You see them more than I do, but I think Longwood's still the team to beat, even though Asheville's got the player of the year and uh, Drew Pember. What do you think? Yeah, you're not out of your mind because at the end of the day, the Big South still runs through Farmville, and that is a team that when they are clicking, it's pretty tough to beat them. But I will say two things. The first is that you see a squad like the Longwood Lance, and they have so much depth, they have so much experience, but what I lack is just that one guy at the end of the game who is going to take over a ball game. I've been saying that for the last two weeks. But last week, Isaiah Wilkins, you can tell that he has a different mindset. You can tell that he, in his mind, is thinking, I don't have many of these games guaranteed left. I think he only has three guaranteed games left this week and obviously the second round of the Big South Tournament next week. He is playing like a man possessed. He is, his aggression has been there. He usually does a good job of finding his teammates, but what he's been doing is creating offense for himself, and he's been converting on it. Deshaun Wade, who is also a preseason All-Big South uh, member, has been playing out of his mind as well. So Coach Aldridge has those guys playing really well. And as far as UNC Asheville, it's Drew Pemba's world, and we just live in it. That kid is unbelievable, Rick Watson. We talk about the scoring. We talk about all that. But people forget that he was last year's Big South Defensive Player of the Year. And his game has improved. And coming into this season, I said it was the year of the big man. Oscar Sheboy at Kentucky. North Carolina and Amando Baycott. Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. Zach Eady at Purdue. You can stack his skill set and say he has a more rounded, well-rounded game that fits the NBA than those guys because he's able to stretch the floor. There was one game against Presbyterian when he had five threes in like three minutes and to start the game. It's like... What can this kid do? And he is playing like he is going to try to put the Bulldogs on his back like he's, you know, in Army in army training and is going to literally put those guys on his back and walk or run those guys through the finish line next week at the tournament. So those are two teams. And then there's a team like the USC Upstate Spartans who I would not want to see right now. If I look at the standings and I am favored in the matchup that's going to be probably that 4-5 matchup, I am going to try to tank so I won't have to see them. They have beaten all of the best teams in the Big South. USCF State is on the rise, and that is the team that I try to you know, stay away from in the Big South tournament. Keon Brown joining us on the program. He is our basketball correspondent. Big South Tournament uh, will come your way next weekend. The regular season concludes this week, games tonight and again on Saturday. All right, so the ACC last night, and I've kind of been leaning toward Miami being the best team in the league, and I think last night capped it for me, KB, because Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Pitt can't win in the castle. Miami did. And I think uh, Jim Laranega, I mean, we know what kind of a coach he is, but boy, I tell you what, that team to me is the best team in the conference right now. That was a a big win for them, I thought, on the road. A sold-out castle last night. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think you hit it right on the money. I think they're the best team right now in the ACC for sure. Um, we looked at talked about the ACC last week. Last week, Pittsburgh was at the top. Those guys have fallen to second because UVA and Miami are obviously a tie. And Virginia Tech came out and played really well in the first half, but at the end of that half, Miami went on that run and – 
you know, that just changed the momentum of the game, especially going into halftime. They didn't score a tech in the last three minutes of the game. Uh, you know, they were two for 11 in the first half in threes. But the thing about Miami is that they have everything that you need to win in March. Nigel Pack is one of the best guards that I've seen, the best complimentary guards that I've seen. Isaiah Wong, I mean, what more can you say about him? He is a guy that uh, you can give the ball to and say, just bring us home. He is unbelievable. Uh, Norchard Amir is a big man who can do it all. Oh, wow. He can rebound the ball. He can score and finish. And then you have Jordan Miller, another guy who can get it done. So they are a team who I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the second day of the second weekend again like they did last week, especially when you have a coach like Jim Laranaga leading the pack. I mean, those guys, they don't get rattled. They can knock down shots. They are capable playing defense when they need to. Obviously, guard play wins in March, and they have that in coaching. So they have everything you need to win in March. There's no doubt about it. They are right now the best team in the ACC for sure, the most consistent, the most well-rounded, probably the best coach this year. And it's going to be tough to get those guys. They're a really good team. You know, it's interesting. I saw Joe Lenardi, and I think he's projected up maybe to eight or nine ACC teams getting in the tournament, Keon. Of course, one of those not North Carolina. Have you ever seen a team with so much hype fail so miserably that we're seeing with North Carolina? I mean, the preseason number one likely not going to make the tournament. It's, it's, it's crazy. You've never seen anything like it. There's never been anything like it. No preseason number one has failed to make the NCAA tournament. We are on the verge of seeing that this year. And it's so – it's hard to believe that if you would have told me coming into the season that we'd be in late February and North Carolina has no quad one victories, I'd I say you're crazy. I would have bet my house on it. But the talent that they have, it's unbelievable that they can't get – you know, it, it can't get going for them. I don't understand. Armando Baycott probably is probably the best big in the country, arguably the best big. R.J. Davis, Leaky Black is probably one of the best perim- perimeter defenders. Puff Johnson is really good. You know, Caleb Love, obviously, is a guy who forces things, but he is so talented as well. And It's, it's not been good in Chapel Hill this year, and it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems like there are things that are going on in there internally that is like a cancer, and I'm not sure what it is, but these guys aren't playing for each other. They're definitely playing for self, and it's it's just screaming when you watch those guys play. Is this a year that you think that we're going to see number one teams, if it, if it ends up being what Lenardi has, which is Alabama in the south, Houston, okay. Houston, mm-hmm. Houston in the midwest, Kansas out west and Purdue in the east. That's who he has right now as his number ones. Well, Purdue's kind of been going through some bumps in the road. Kansas yeah. got Kansas got through theirs. Maybe they've gotten through it. Houston's kind of okay, been more consistent. Alabama's just kind of there. Is this going to be the year? Maybe we see none of these number ones go as far as people think when they fill out their bracket. I think so. I think so. That this could be a year that is just. It's just tough, man. It just is. I'd like uh, your UCLA Bruins to potentially win a national championship. Obviously, Alabama's been really consistent, and their offense, you know, has been there. But let's see what happened with Brandon Miller and the stories that came out yesterday with him. I also like uh, Texas and Creighton. 
I think those are other two teams that people will have to keep an eye out on. But there's so much parity in college basketball that selecting a or filling out your bracket this year, you're going to really have to dissect teams and, you know, how they played at their best, how they played at their worst, and compare them to the matchups that they have. But any uh, the most vulnerable number one seed, I think, out of anyone that you named, is probably Purdue. Uh, I like Zach Eady, and, you know, he's the clear-cut national player of the year, but I think those guys have been on so much of a roller coaster lately that, you know, teams aren't going into that fear in them except having to guard Zach Eady. But I think they're probably the most vulnerable out of all of them. And Kansas has really surprised me this season as well. Losing all that they lost last season, we talk about guys like David McCormick, uh, Oche Ajabi winning the national championship. I thought that they would tell off a little bit, but they if they won the national championship again, it wouldn't surprise me how well with how well they're playing right now. So there's a lot of parity in college basketball, and it's good for the sport because March is the best time of the year, and when you get these upsets that you're going to see, it's inevitable. It just makes the game funner to watch. Yeah, it really does, and this is why I hope they don't mess with this tournament, Keon. Let the I hope the NCAA right. morons just leave this thing where it is. I think it's set up beautifully right now. I think they could adjust how they do the first four a little bit, but I do love the way that the thing is set up. That's why it's our best sporting event in this country, right, bar none, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's one of those things where you say, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. You know, right. it's ridiculous. You don't have to touch it. It's Everyone looks forward to, you know, the month of March in the NCAA tournament, filling out the brackets, watching the buzzer beaters, having 10 games on at the same time um, in the first weekend. It's what we live for. And like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's nothing wrong with it. It brings out the fan bases. It's just stupid if you touch it. I'd just be like you. I'd be distraught, disappointed, and highly upset if they mess with the bracket and how the tournament is it's like what do you need to change it for <laughs> no i don't get it it's, it makes enough money tv deal is good people the interest in it all over the country people who may just be even casual fans or may not even follow college basketball at all fill out a bracket man it's it's just just leave it alone just leave it alone please please all right now I'll keep asking i always forget that your time here for your uh, your child is scheduled around big south tournament right coming up in a in a couple of weeks so where are we on that what's our time frame looking like keon why well, see you down there at the bojangles <laughs> so i'm planning on being at the bojangles at least on friday but if i feed my fiance another cupcake she's going to explode <laughs> i'm gonna tell you that right now <laughs> uh, is tight. <laughs> and we could have the big at any moment like literally any moment right now and I say within the next month for sure that baby's coming. All right. All so. right. Well, I hope it, I hope whatever needs to happen happens and everybody is healthy. Keep me posted, please. And I hope I get to see you, though, yeah. down at the Big South Tournament coming up. Absolutely. I'm going to try my best to be there. It'll be my first conference tournament ever, so I'm going to do everything I can to be there for sure. All right. Well, great stuff as always, brother. And, again, it was uh, so good to see you on Saturday. And please give my best to your wife. And uh, can't wait to see how gorgeous this uh, young person's going to be once it arrives into the world. 
You know, you're too kind, brother. I cannot thank you enough. I appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Stay safe. There you go. That's our uh, basketball correspondent, Keon Brown. Good stuff from him. I don't know. I was just looking at the number one seeds, and I just, I just, I know they're all good teams, but they all have been very vulnerable here, right? Throughout their conference schedule in the last couple of weeks. I just think this is the year that if you, you're going to lock into saying, oh, my number one seed's going to the Final Four, I think you're going to be out of luck. I really do. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, wrap up hour one. Just got an update from Bill Roth. He's going to be in studio for the Roth Report. That's good stuff. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. A lot going on. Going to hear from Mike Young in hour two. Virginia Tech now has to uh, replace a coach on its staff. We'll get into that a little bit. Something that Brent Pry has not had to do. We'll be back. Don't go away. absolute best sports talk in the new river valley period and you can quote us on that that's the fact jack that's the fact jack more big dog next on wrad All right, some news last night. Andy Bitter shared with everybody late afternoon. Um, Virginia Tech has lost its quarterbacks coach. Scott Satterfield's new head coach at Cincinnati is uh, going to hire Brad Glenn as the offensive coordinator. He gets a bump, obviously, in title and in pay. Cincinnati going to the Big 12. So all the folks who said, what in the world is he doing? That's a demotion. No, no, it's really not. <laughs> More money, offensive coordinator, yeah. Uh, here's Coach Price's statement. I want to congratulate Brad Glenn on his new opportunity at Cincinnati as offensive coordinator. I realize the longstanding relationship Brad has with Coach Satterfield from his time at Appalachian State. They work together, by the way, at App State. We are thankful for Brad and support him in this career opportunity. And we are appreciative of his family's time as Hokies. I wish them all the best. Coach Pry, classy, classy statement. And again, this isn't a lateral move. This isn't leaving Tech because of any animosity. This was an opportunity that arose with a good friend, someone that uh, Coach Glenn knows very well. And I'm sure Coach Pry will find um, the replacement coach um, very, very quickly and somebody that will come in and do a great job. Um, Tech had to push, remember, to keep Fontel Mines, the wide receiver coach, when he had several suitors last month. So it goes to show you, I know it's frustrating for fans, and I got a couple text messages about it, but look at it this way. This is two coaches now, one left and one stayed, that you're seeing interest from other programs. That means Coach Pry had pretty good instinct with many of these positions, and maybe the only reason that some of these other guys haven't quite yet gotten the interest is because well they're young they haven't been in their roles long enough they're just kind of getting used to that but again I think if anything else this goes to show you that coach Price is a pretty good judgment not only of on-field talent but also with folks that he wants in his coaches room right yeah it's a blow it is especially now if this happened this late heading into spring prep but they'll get a new coach in and quarterbacks coach is going to be very important because you're going to have a, a battle ensuing between uh, the drones kid, and of course, uh, the incumbent. So we will see how it plays out. But uh, I think, at least on paper, it makes a lot of sense to be going with an old friend. It's a job promotion. 
It's a money promotion. You, I, anybody else would do it as well. And it's not a personal knock against uh, Virginia Tech or Coach Pry's program. If, if it would have been something, I don't think Coach Pry would have released that statement as classy as it sounds. I just read it to you. Okay? And we'll get into that, obviously, when uh, Bill comes in studio. Hall of Fame Hour 3 now has Bill Roth in studio and then David Teal. So we're looking forward to that. He'll talk about Miami a little bit. We'll get into uh, the Tech women. He'll talk more about Coach Glenn, SMA update, Baker Team Game of the Week, the NRB Heart Clinic Top 3, all these things coming up. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back hour number two straight ahead here on the Hump Day Wednesday edition. Come on back with us. 